Good morning, everyone. I've got a question to ask. Do you want to be a ninja? Terran and Lido will tell you how. They can't do it themselves because they're not that strong. This is the American Ninja Warrior Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Ninja Warrior Hap Up Podcast. I'm your host, Taryn Armstrong, and with me today is Lita. How you doing, Lita? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm uh, recently back from vacation. I was hiking in Utah, um, you know, because I'm a noted outdoorsman, um, mm. a, a wilderness enthusiast. So um, I was doing that, and I'm really glad that I did not see this episode before I go, before I went, uh, because I was in the desert and I am terrified of scorpions, which live there. Um, and I think that seeing this episode beforehand would have made that fear a little bit worse. No, it would have, it would have helped you conquer your fear because you would have been like, okay, okay. I see they're getting eaten. It's usually it's the scorpions that are getting the drop on humans. But in this instance, the humans got the drop on the scorpions. We uh, we got we scored a point. Here. I don't think that I ever have seen someone eat an animal and been like, gotcha. Take that animals. <laughs> well, there are many animals that you don't like other than birds and scorpions. Uh, and like every bug, I think pretty much anything that flies. Anything that flies. Yeah, I don't think there's any animal that flies that I enjoy. Even flying monkey squirrels. They they don't. First of all, that's not a real animal. <laughs> you don't even get the references to our own podcast. This had to be so long ago. <laughs> I can't have an encyclopedic knowledge of our three years of podcasts. Look, if if you don't get the inside jokes for the American Ninja Warrior <laughs> podcast, who will? <laughs> no one. I'm exactly. sure. Well, listen, some of our listeners are more keen observationalists than I am. We didn't even notice that the Jeep run was sponsored. So it's I don't true. think that I can be trusted to to remember and keep track of these things. Um, also, flying squirrels don't fly. They glide. I looked for the, uh, the the Cherokee thing, and I because we didn't see it last time, and I saw it a total of one time. But there when was, I was looking for it. The word Jeep in the Jeep logo was really big behind it that time. This time, I noticed that. I, I think I might have noticed that once as well. But I also <laughs> didn't realize that Jeep was a brand. I thought it was a thing. Like there were brands of Jeeps. Yeah, like I thought like a that, Jeep was like a sedan, like it was just like an yeah, overarching. Like it's a type of car. <laughs> okay. Um no, Jeeps are Jeeps are a brand. I didn't know that. Okay, well, you learn something new every day. That surprises me cuz you seem like someone who's like really into cars. It's, yeah, especially Jeeps. Yeah. I don't know. You've probably been on some sort of like adventure thing where they have Jeeps. Don't they use those for like safaris and stuff? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> what are you looking up? I'm looking up Jeeps. <laughs> you don't believe it's a brand? The first thing that comes up is Jeep.com. Yeah, because it's a kind of car. It's a brand. But so is a Cherokee the kind of Jeep? Yeah, it's like a Hyundai Sonata. Like so it's, it's the brand and then like the, the make or the model of the car. 
Okay. So nobody like I else, have a Nissan Rogue. Nobody else makes Jeep-like cars. I'm sure they make Jeep-like cars, but they're not allowed to call them Jeeps. Well, what do you call them? You call them the the freaking, like, you know, Honda Pilot or whatever. <laughs> like, the, you just come up with a word for the thing that looks like a Jeep. They're all called, like, things like that. But but you uh, you like you mentioned like there are other kinds of like uh, car like you, you you like you would say this is this kind of car even though it's right. called a Honda Pilot. So what's that kind of? Is it an SUV? It can be. There are SUVs. There are sedans. There are um, I don't know like whatever the two door ones are called. Yeah, but when you think about a Jeep, you think about like Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jeep. but that's that's just called good marketing. That's called good branding. <laughs> if like the name of it's like the the thing of like um, Xerox machines, like they're not actually called that. That's just a brand that you associate with it. Jeeps just like really have the the monopoly on like Jeep like cars. Wow. You learn something every day. Uh, if this is your first time tuning into the American Ninja Warrior podcast, we are here to talk about American Ninja Warrior. Uh, <laughs> what if it's not their first time tuning into the podcast? Are we still here to talk about American Ninja Warrior? If it's not their first time, they understand. Uh, if it is their first time, they've probably stopped listening already. So, Yeah, probably. But it's also weird for them to start at the second episode of stage one. It's true. Part two of stage one of the national finals is an odd place to start. Yeah. But if that's you, then welcome. I don't know how you found us because Taryn didn't tweet our podcast. Because that's the only way people yeah. can find our podcasts. Hey, someone found it because we plugged it on the update. They tweeted well, us. There you go. We are here to talk about episode 14 of season 10 of American Ninja Warrior, the national finals part two. We're going to get back to stage one. Uh, hopefully it's going to be a less depressing episode. It was. It was. Yeah, it was less depressing. It wasn't like great. Yeah. In terms of the faves moving on. Uh, same courses before Archer Alley, Propeller Bar, Double Dipper, Jumping Spider, Jeep Run, Warped Wall, Razor Beams, and Twist and Fly with the 2 minute and 25 second time limit. They had a weird uh, opening uh, here where uh, after the opening montage, we like cut to shots of the course, and but they like cut it to the music, which I like. I'm a big, big fan of cutting to music. But they did it with like jump cuts. It was very strange. It was very disorienting. Uh, I, I appreciate the effort, but uh, you, you don't have to jump cut. You can just like cut to a different angle. You don't have to cut to the same shot, but like three seconds forward. It's just weird. You're always haranguing the American Enjoyer editors. <laughs> I don't know. What else am I going to critique? <laughs> it's my profession. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, we also got a, uh, a montage of during while we go over the course, uh, like, oh, look at all the, these people who fell on Archer Alley and the propeller bar where people got hung up and double dipper where Joe Morofsky fell and uh, jumping spider where uh, James McGrath fell. Um, just really uh, look at how many people fell last time. Yeah, our obstacle course is so hard. Because that's what people like. So they really need to highlight how challenging it is this year. There you go. Uh, but then we start with Alex Carson, the 32-year-old engineer slash amateur baker slash tuba player. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Slash ninja he's, warrior. 
Yeah. He said that, that that's above all. Mm. He's a ninja warrior. It seemed like you had something else to say. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, I just thought it was weird that he was like, people are always asking me, hey, when are you going to make this next cheesecake? Like, people are always asking him that. That seems weird. Hey, uh, people are always asking me when I'm going to make my next cheesecake. Uh, so I get it. You don't seem like, are you a cheesecake guy? No. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that doesn't seem like something that you would be into. I'm uh, I'm astonished that you thought even 1% of that could have been no, not no, no, sarcastic. No, 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 I'm not asking if you make cheesecake. I know you don't make cheesecake. I'm asking if you enjoy cheesecake particularly. It doesn't seem like no, something no. that you would like that much. No, uh, not not into the eating of the cheesecake either. Yeah, it's kind of just like a big like stick of cream cheese. It's really, obviously, I don't eat it and anymore, but even when I could, I didn't like it. I love cream cheese, but not just like a huge stick of it. Yeah, it's it's really not my favorite. Um, but I really enjoy him. He seems fun. I think that this is like a neat combo of hobbies. It's definitely an interesting neat combo of, of hobbies. Uh, he calls himself the Bad Brass Ninja. Because he plays tuba, um, but he also makes videos of himself making cheesecakes, and he's also uh, a ninja. And so uh, he uh, he quote unquote forced Matt Nakbar to eat his cheesecake uh, in qualifying when he uh, when he completed the course. So uh, yeah, yeah, they've they've he made them uh, more cheesecake for this run. Yeah, I'm sure they hated being forced to do that. Yeah, so uh, he does end up tripping uh, on the tire of Jeep Run, but manages to get through. Looking very winded, though. Uh, he's uh, really running out of time. He's got 20 seconds left at the Razor Beams. He's hesitating a lot on the course um, and ends up, unfortunately, going out at the same spot as he did the previous year at the last obstacle. He goes down uh, with on the Twist and Fly. And uh, Matt and Akbar, they're like... Oh, man, what a shame that we can't eat. The, let's just eat the cheesecake anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, we should probably just do it. It's very hot in Vegas. You can't really leave that cheesecake out for too long. So they should probably just take care of it while it's there. Maybe uh, maybe because they had the cheesecake there, they didn't have to, like, take a lunch break or well, whatever and they also you call had... in middle of the night break for food. Yeah. And they also had the uh, scorpions. Yeah. So they had they were very well fed. All their needs were uh, were set there. I, you know, that's a lot more food than you get as the audience. Especially now that Palm doesn't sponsor it. You don't get anything. You just get a Jeep. You can't eat that. You can try. Yeah. Um, it's only a matter of time, I think, before every single person has a gimmick that they make Matt and Akbar do. There were way too many tonight. Yes, I agree. The, <laughs> I, I don't like the gimmick era of American Ninja Warrior. There were at least three and two of them were back to back and uh, they should not be back to back. Yeah. Like, how much stuff do Matt and Akbar have back there? Yeah. Have so uh, many items. <laughs> Next up was Booty Cothran, the 49-year-old media coordinator. He is the oldest competitor in Vegas. And he describes that as exciting, which yeah. I wonder if that's how he really feels. He is all about old man strength. Is that him? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's not Travis Rosen. No, he's not so ageless. So this can never be his thing, yeah. He is aged and proud of it. 
Yeah, you can't have old man strength if you're ageless. Exactly. Uh, he's looking pretty shaky on the course, though. Barely makes the propeller bar and uh, is unfortunately not able to make the grab on the double dipper. And there he goes. How many times do you think they mentioned that he's 105 pounds? Uh, probably a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. He also stole Akbar's catchphrase. He's walking off and he's drying off and he's like, uh, that wasn't how that was supposed to go. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he was walking off and he went, Shana na. <laughs> Do we add to the Shana na count if someone besides Akbar ever says it? Nobody besides Akbar ever says it. So Matt might say it. Nah, not going to no. happen. Okay. Uh, then we get uh, earlier this season. <laughs> Remember, we saw Jesse Graff uh, complete the qualifying course and qualify for the national finals. Now we're going to get an update from Jesse Graff. Uh, she has taped an explanation video for why she is not in Vegas. It's because she is working as a stunt woman on the new movie Wonder Woman 1984. That's a weird title. It is a very weird title. What do you think the plot of that is? Is this going to be a Big Brother crossover? <laughs> I, 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 it's probably just uh, the year that it's set. That, can't, but it's not. 1984 is such a loaded year. It has to have something to do with like Orwellian stuff. I mean, the the first Wonder Woman movie was all about like Nazis, which is already pretty Orwellian, no? I mean, yeah, I guess, <laughs> but it wasn't called like uh, Wonder Woman 1940 or 1941, right. I guess. All right. Here's the synopsis for Wonder Woman 1984, according to Wikipedia. Uh, Diana Pr uh, Prince comes into conflict with the Soviet Union during the Cold War in the 1980s and finds a formidable foe. Uh, I, I won't I won't spoil the villain in case anyone actually cares <laughs> or is, knows. Is Wonder Woman immortal yes okay like she's the same age that she was when she was fighting nazis but now she's fighting russians look you can fight all kinds of uh baddies i'm just saying they're like 40 years apart did, did you watch the first uh, wonder woman movie? of course i didn't watch the first wonder woman movie you watched black panther well yeah that's kind of different i don't know I mean, kind of similar. Sorry, was Michael B. Jordan shirtless in Wonder Woman? No. Okay, not interested. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she like comes from like this weird island, and she's a the uh, she's like an Amazonian, them? right? Yeah. Okay, so this oh, is what go. I don't cast uh, uh, an immortal demigoddess, Amazonian princess and warrior. Okay, got it. Um, here's my question. Who is Jesse Graff stunt woman stunt womaning for? Because she looks nothing like Gal Gadot. Right. Uh, and she also did not say, like, uh, I am going to be stunt womaning as Wonder Woman. Right. Uh, she said it for the movie Wonder Woman. I assume that uh, we're going to get some uh, more. Because in the first movie, there were lots of other Amazonians. <laughs> That were part of the movie. Amazonians. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I assume there's go they're going to be back. Okay. Well, yeah, because they look absolutely nothing alike. And uh, also, Gal Gadot is like 5'10 or something. Five she's very tall. 
Isn't Jesse pretty tall? She's not that tall. I don't know. Every time I see Gal Gadot on red carpets, I think about how tall she is. Wow. Which is like not, it's not super common for Israelis. My family's Israeli. It's my source on that. I'm not just like making broad stereotypes. This is really just going all over the place here. <laughs> Jesse Graff is five foot eight. Oh, wow. She is tall. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe she just dyed her hair and I don't know, put some bronzer on. Yes, uh, got got some articles about Jesse Graff being uh, being a part of the new Wonder Woman movie. Uh, I will say again, though, um, bad choice to go DC over Marvel. Yeah, I'm sure she definitely had her selection. I'm sure they went to her with both, and she made a choice. Exactly, I'm sure that's exactly what Although happened. Although Wonder Woman even was like a little Oscar buzzy. Like that's the one DC franchise that I think it, people are really in on. It was the best DC movie. Yeah, <laughs> which unfortunately isn't saying that much. Yeah, I mean it. It didn't actually get any Oscar nominations, but people were talking about it. Yes, she's apparently in the Canary Islands uh, in Spain. That's where they're shooting. Ooh, that sounds nice. Yeah. I would probably rather be there than in Vegas. Well, competing American Ninja Warrior is totally cooler than being a stunt woman. But look, you can make your own choices, Jesse Graff. This is a pro. You can pretend this isn't a betrayal. This is a pro Jesse Graff podcast. We support whatever career choices she makes, even though uh, it's totally her fault that no women are going to stage two. And she should feel bad about it. She would have beat this stage one. Yeah, she would have. Yeah. Uh, All right. So next up, we had Abby Clark, the 24 year old teacher. Uh, She's the one who made it up the warp wall and qualifying on her third try. And she has uh, she's got the two Joes. I also my note is Abby Clark, the woman with the two Joes. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Uh, she's very unlucky in life, I guess. Why is that unlucky? To to have your boyfriend and your father both be named Joe. Again, I have gone through this experience. It's fine. It's just, it's not particularly lucky, though. Everybody in the world is named Joe. I said this on the last podcast. There's no way to avoid this. I'm not named Joe. No, that's true. I guess yeah. you really proved me wrong there. Look, uh, I'm all about empirical evidence. <laughs> I just say Joe is the only name that I have dated twice. And I think that that's uh, an evidence and exactly one evidence of what I'm saying. Does that do, do you count people that you dated and then stopped dating and then dated again? Or, or do those people I, not exist? I have never done that. Yeah. I make my choices. I plant my flag. <laughs> Was it was it were were there were they both Joe or was one Joseph? No, they were both Joe. I mean, obviously, they were both short for Joseph, but they both went by Joe. Did you did you ever was it weird? Did you ever think about your ex when talking to the new Joe? Yes, I'm saying it's weird. There you go. It's like an odd like, oh, this is familiar. See, that's what I'm saying. It's not particularly lucky. Yeah, and they had the same first initial of their last name, too. So I couldn't even be like, Joe P, you know? (laughs) Joe P. (laughs) You are 12. Sounds like something JC would say on Big Brother. Um, All right. So 
Uh, Abby Clark, uh, she has to take a couple extra swings on the archer alley. It's a bad start. Then she gets a bad jump on the propeller bar, barely manages to hold on. She misses the rope. And, uh, and at this point, it's basically over. Uh, it's, it's going to be very hard to, uh, to catch up. Yeah, but Matt gives her a great compliment when she uh, recovers from the propeller bar. He says, what a presence of mind. That's, that's nice. There you go. I wish someone would compliment my presence of mind. That yeah, would not she be an unfortunately, honest compliment. She unfortunately does not have the, the presence of mind to, uh, to grab the, uh, the double dipper transfer, and she's going to go down there. Or the presence of body. Or the presence of gripping. Greatness. Mm. Uh, then we have Kevin Bull, the 33 year old. Uh, he's going to do uh, pretty well here up until yeah, a certain pretty, point. Pretty well doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Uh, he's perfect on the double dipper. He uh, he really just he, he looks fine up until the jumping spider, which he has a little trouble on. He's not able to get any traction, it looks like. Um, and they also mentioned that uh, he's been a little busy with some stuff and then he hasn't been training as much. Um, and, and so, uh, he's, he's looking a little winded by the time he gets to the warped wall. Um, he stumbles across the razor beam beams. So he starts twist and fly with about 40 seconds left. He should be fine here, but, uh, he has a bad transfer to the cargo net and is just not able to lock in a grip. And he's just going to go all and down into the water. Yeah. Don't be busy when you're training for American Ninja Warrior. Don't have a life. Exactly. I don't know what's wrong with these people. That is the moral of this episode is Jesse Graff has betrayed us. And uh, and anyone else who is not training uh, all of the time is also betrayed us. Yeah. Why would you sleep? Why would you make money? Hey, Joe Morofsky came on this podcast once. And you know what he told us? He said, don't sleep. Did he actually say that? Yeah, he said, uh, look, if you if you got to achieve your goals, you got to just you got to just push everything else aside and go for it. I think that you have taken that advice to heart since that interview. <laughs> Not really, because I, I do try to make sure I sleep, but that's one of my goals is to sleep. So I guess uh, if you if you say if one <laughs> of the goals the paradox. <laughs> is to sleep, then how what do you take away <laughs> To make that happen. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you have a good memory for these things. Every podcast that we do is just gone from my brain, apparently, after uh, after we finish. <laughs> I guess so. Um, so then we have our, um, our first montage of the night, uh, starting with Judas Licardello, the auctioneer who flipped off of the Double Dipper last year. But this time he didn't get that far. He messed up his propeller bar jump. Yes. Did they make an auctioneer joke? I don't think so. Oh, they could have been like, and he was going once, going twice, going down on the propeller bar. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that was pretty bad. <laughs> Next up no, was, was good. Abel Gonzalez, who unfortunately is going to miss the double dipper transition. And that'll be it for Abel. And then finally, Mike Wright, the Speedo Ninja, took a dive. At the jumping spider. Yeah. Are you so happy he's gone? Yes. 
Then we had Brian Kretsch, the 34-year-old gym manager, uh, one of four ninjas to compete on every season of the show, uh, despite production's best effort. Um, and uh, David David comes on and lets us know, Brian's become known for uh, Kretsch face. Yeah, resting Kretsch face. Yeah, which uh, is just, I guess, uh, he just looks displeased. Or like really focused, but mm. also displeased. Like, uh, yeah, just uh, just very, very serious. Uh, they call it resting crutch face, but uh, he does not have resting crutch face at the start of the uh, the course. He's very smiley. Um, but unfortunately, he's going to try and make uh, on the propeller bar. He goes up onto the, the propeller bar and then he tries to like just leap over to the rope uh, just immediately, which does not work. And he goes down. Yeah. I liked everybody doing the impressions of the crutch face, though. Yes. And this is the point in the episode where I'm like, we really need a finisher. Like, the next person has to finish, right? Uh, well, maybe. Because next up is Lucas Reale, who uh, is a 19-year-old business student. Uh, we have a package about uh, his dad committed suicide three years to the day that he is competing on stage one in Vegas. Uh, he was, uh, he suffered from depression, was an alcoholic. Um, and so uh, he wants to go out on this course and do his dad proud. Yeah, this is insane that it's three years to the day. Um, this is also the kid that um, is three, is like two or three weeks younger than uh the actual kid than the kid. Mm -hmm. um, and so they keep saying, like, he could be the youngest one to ever hit a buzzer. And I would be really annoyed if I was the kid. Yeah, uh, he he gets through the course. He's at the, he gets to the twist and fly with over 40 seconds left. Um, Akbar says, this is big time, Matt. This is big time. 19 years old uh, as he's up going up the cargo net. And uh, yeah, he becomes the new youngest to complete stage one. Yeah. And he's so happy. I love him. He's, yes, he's crying a lot, says Christine. <laughs> yeah, Christine's opening line in the interview is, you're crying a lot. <laughs> I've noticed there's a thing coming from your eyes that <laughs> seem like, are they, the, are they what they call tears? You're doing that a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's like on 30 Rock when Jenna Maroney is like, what's wrong? You look like the face that my therapist told me means sadness. <laughs> Yes, uh, so he's uh, very happy, very happy about his uh, stage one performance. Then we get another montage starting with Anna Shoemaker, who got cut down early by Archer Alley. Uh, seems like, for whatever reason, a lot of the female athletes are having trouble on Archer Alley. Because uh, it's hard if you're short. I guess I guess so, um, because I, I feel like... This is I think there were at least like four female athletes that ended up uh, going down on Archer Alley, which is very unfortunate because you never want to see people go down on the first obstacle. Yeah. The shorter your legs are, the harder this is because the lower down you are, it's harder to jump off of. Mm. Well, then we had James Bartholomew, who was wearing a tearaway suit, but he had a back breaking fall at the propeller bars. Ugh. I wish that they wouldn't joke about people breaking their legs and backs when uh, that actually happened. Mm. Then we had Carson Williams, who, of course, had his mom cheering him on, but unfortunately is going to go out on the double dipper and uh, he's going to maintain his uh, statistic of never having beaten stage one, unfortunately. Sad. Yeah. 
Then we get Eric Middleton, the 26-year-old entomology student. Uh, Matt says they've been dreading this run for weeks because he's going to make them eat a scorpion. Yeah. Uh, scorpions are monsters. I am so terrified of them. Okay, scorpions are monsters, but what about gummied scorpions? I didn't even really understand this, that it was gummied, because it looked like it was covered in, like, barbecue sauce or something, (laughs) which is, like, a terrible flavor combination. I didn't realize that gummied, like, like, you could gummy something. I didn't realize that that was, like, a verb. Yeah, I gummy, you gummy. (laughs) She gummies. Um, like, yeah, what I is guess. the process of gummying something? He's he showed it. He showed how he was cooking it. It probably just means like coating it in gelatin or something. Uh, See, like, which is very gross. Now all I can think of is that like in order to make gummy bears, they take bears and then they gummy them and then they shrink down and become gummy bears. That's horrifying. Um <laughs> Honestly, it's it's almost less horrifying than how they actually make gummy bears, though. Uh, I, I'm not going to be a vegan propagandist on uh, this podcast, really. But uh, if you're interested in how gelatin is made, I suggest you Google it because it's really gross. Um, anyway, uh, scorpions are monsters. I think I've mentioned before that the only time I've ever watched a task on The Amazing Race that I was just like, I would just quit is when one partner has to eat the scorpions and another person has to have the scorpions crawl all over them. I would just quit. It's not worth a million dollars. That would traumatize mm. me for life. There are vegan gummy bears. There are. I got some at a vegan grocery store in uh, Berlin. There you go. Because I, I really love gummies. I just can't eat them. Well, uh, so, yeah, the Matt and Akbar, they've got to eat this uh, scorpion if Eric Middleton succeeds. He's going to start a timer on his watch at the start of the course, um, which I do think is uh, is smart. They they say uh, they say so as well. Uh, Matt and Akbar. Uh, Akbar says uh, they've lost about a third of their competitors on the double dipper. That's too many. It is too many. Um, and, uh, as Eric does well on the course here, Matt and Akbar, uh, are going to say, uh, they're so torn. They're so torn. They're, they wanted to succeed, but they don't want to have to eat a scorpion. Yeah. Which would you, would you rather eat the scorpion or the tarantula? Mm, the tarantula is fried, right? I think so. I feel like that would be a lot easier. Okay. Especially... Okay. Watching them chow down on the scorpion, it seemed like way too crunchy. Yeah, those are both like the two most horrifying bugs, I think, um, like of all of them in the world. I think that well, like this would I feel not- like I feel like there are some like Australian bugs probably that are way more horrifying, but we don't ever have to think about them. Oh, thank God. Um, yeah, but just of like the the general bugs that come to mind, like I think that these are the two scariest. Like I would not be bothered by them eating like crickets or worms or whatever. Mm-hmm. Also, again, I'm going to point out that he is an entomologist and a and a uh, scorp uh, not a scorpion. Uh, a tarantula is not an insect. Okay. So he doesn't even study these. <laughs> I don't know what a scorpion is. Them. I think it's of the demon phylum. They're so scary. Oh, my God. Well, uh, luckily, uh, Eric is going to get through this. Um, 
Luckily. And well, luckily, because uh, the, he's not going to jump on a, uh, a, a rope or something that uh, that is going to fall and make him go into the water and have to make him redo his run. Yes, if you'll recall, that did happen to Eric Middleton last year. They obviously didn't show it on TV, but the rope just like fell as soon as he grabbed it into the water. Yeah, um, those those uh, those wheels on Jeep Run—they're not—they're not going anywhere. Um, no. But uh, he does complete the course. Akbar is really freaking out, uh, trying to eat this scorpion. Uh, very very poor performance from Akbar, and he he takes a bite and it just and just like lets it fall out of his mouth. Uh, very very low effort try here. Oh, he, who cares? It's not fear factor. It's not a challenge. They don't have to do it. Look, uh, they spend their whole time judging these athletes on the course. Uh, you know, wh- when it comes time to judge them for their performance, we need to be here. I just think that it would get like really um, stuck in your teeth, like the way that this looked. It looked like uh, biting into like, I don't know, like a sugar daddy or something that, that really get like stuck in your gums. I, I imagine. So it's probably hard to eat it in addition to being disgusting. It's like probably physically challenging. All right. Well, next up was Lance Picus, the 31 year old rancher. Uh, his wife is there to cheer him on, which is very nice. Um, yeah, but he's but, still allowed to take his shirt off without being shamed. Yes. Um, he he takes his shirt off and uh, they say, oh, Lance is all about that action as he takes his shirt off. Cut to members of the audience that are female. Um, mm-hmm. which like. I not for nothing. I would be really annoyed if like I was a part of the audience and like a female athlete took her shirt off and then it cut to me like, uh, oh, look at the boys <laughs> that, looking that at is, the girls. That is not the same. <laughs> I feel like that is way creepier. <laughs> Well, I, you get my point, though. <laughs> if I was one of those women, I would be annoyed at like, uh, like, especially if I wasn't ogling uh, <laughs> Lance Picas. Like, that's my point. It didn't look like like they weren't going, oh, Lance. Like they were just like doing regular audience things. It was probably cut from some other point in the night. But uh, but because of how editing works, it makes it seem like, oh, they're so into Lance. I I would not be annoyed if this if I was uh, shown in this clip because it would probably be an accurate depiction of what was happening. Probably not for Lance Picas, but maybe for certain athletes. I probably did that. All right, yeah, I mean, it, it, look, if it's accurate, then it's accurate. But uh, I'm just this one in particular. It didn't even look like they were looking in his direction. <laughs> they just literally cut to female audience. Also, members. his wife is right there. Exactly. Um, but, uh, as we mentioned, this is a back to back Matt and Akbar, uh, gimmicks here. Um, they've got to put cowboy hats on for him, uh, because he made it to Vegas. Akbar looks good in the cowboy hat. Oh, I'm going to get to that. Um, <laughs> so Lance takes on the course. He's going to go straight down on the propeller bars. He made a bad jump and also went straight for the rope. Uh, and he's going to end up going into the water there. And Akbar looking shocked with a cowboy hat on was hilarious and adorable in like all of the best ways. Yeah. Halloween's coming up. Maybe he can get some ideas. I I need, I need a gif of Akbar with the cowboy hat. Like, Oh no. (laughs) 
And then they like take off their hats and Matt puts it over his heart. It's like very dramatic. Oh, man. Next up was Barclay Stockett, the 23-year-old gymnastics coach. She uh, Her package is about how she traveled the world. Yeah, she went to Europe and then also to see Nick Hansen because Nick Hansen just apparently runs some sort of ninja lodge where he just has people visit him all the time. And they go and do extreme sports. Yeah, and fly in planes and all this other stuff that I would not want to do. Yeah. Um, she remains the shortest athlete to ever beat the jumping spider. She gets through uh, looking very, very strong on the course all the way through the uh, the jumping spider. She is uh, she's got a fast pace. She is very efficient. She does not seem tired. Um, she heads on to the Jeep run and just stumbles slightly, loses her momentum, goes to make the jump to the wheel and comes up short, goes down. This was brutal because she totally had this like she was definitely gonna finish and if she was like one inch taller this wouldn't have been a problem yeah well that's always been her unfortunate disadvantage though i guess but this was like an annoying thing where like that jump for anybody else like wasn't like if they had lost their momentum it wouldn't have really been a problem but it's really hard to jump to that thing just from a standing position Mm. when you're her height whatever I feel good about Barclay for next year. Yeah. Uh, she, she really, I, I really felt like, uh, like she had this. Um, I think if she had gotten through Jeep run, she obviously can get up the warp wall easily. Uh, nobody's fallen on the, I don't think anybody fell on razor beam the entire night. Yeah. Uh, and then she could easily handle twist and fly. She did not seem tired. I think she would have had it and her time was great. So, uh, quite unfortunate that she has that just, just tiny little stumble and that's it. Yep, that's all it takes. Next up was another montage. And this was the montage of like, don't you dare. I was <laughs> this montage made me like so angry for a brief period of time because it starts with Rico Rivera, uh, who made it to the final obstacle before flaming out. Um, then we got to David Campbell, who unfortunately is also going to go out on the double dipper. Uh, apparently it looks like his foot flew up and sort of dislodged the bar, uh, before he grabbed it, which caused him to go down. Then they went and Chris Wilczewski, uh, who has been having such a great comeback season. I was like, don't even think about it. You are not going to montage Chris Wolcheski's failure on me right after Dave Campbell. Uh, this, this is not okay. Um, but uh, luckily, Chris will become the first montaged athlete in the episode to complete the course. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they really had us going. That would have been so cruel. No, Chris is gonna. He's gonna do fine. Yeah, I still would have liked. Yeah, I still would have liked to see uh, the the, his run, but I guess they uh, they already did the same package twice for him, and uh, I guess they don't know what else to do. Yeah, at this point, it's just like Chris Wolczewski has been really good this season. That's what we have to talk about. Next up was Najee Richardson, the 27-year-old motivational speaker. And this also worried me because I was like, we are halfway through the episode. Why are we getting Najee right now? He is one of the highlight, like one of the headliners here. Uh, Normally you save them for the end. Uh, This is making me nervous, especially after the previous episode showing so many people go down. Um, But uh, we get a package about Najee. He's apparently been in some TV shows. Uh, he's, He's getting a little famous. 
Yeah, they say that he's the poster person for the season, but I thought Megan was on the poster this season. Look, there are lots of posters. Okay, I don't know. The little thumbnail on Hulu is Megan. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, he was he was on a billboard in uh, in L.A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he says he's 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 embarrassed that he's a little famous now because he's just a regular guy. Okay. Do you buy that? <laughs> I like Naji. I think he is a humble guy. I think that there's no way to say these words without sounding a little arrogant. Yeah. I hate when people complain about, not that he's complaining, but you know what I mean? I hate when people are like, oh, I didn't even want to be famous. Like, you asked to be on TV shows. You got an agent. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I'm on this television show talking to you right now with perfect charisma and great looks and uh, supreme athletic ability. And like, uh, it's just so embarrassing how many people... <laughs> want to be me and how great I am. <laughs> like you sought representation. You wanted to be famous. Uh, but like I said, uh, still love Naji. He probably is a really uh, great guy. Like this is probably the sort of thing where like you're famous now, Naji, right? You're famous. Like, I guess so. But like you're embarrassing me right now by saying this. Um, so uh, I, this I was freaked out at this point. I was I can't I can't even watch Najee. If he goes down, I'm going to be so disappointed. Um, and uh, he gets to the double dipper. I was like, OK, don't don't do it. Don't fail here. Uh, and he almost does get too much momentum, but he manages to get through the double dipper. And this is, I was like, OK, we're good. He's not going to fail at any of these other obstacles. I, I was very confident once he got through the double dipper. Um and so uh, he gets he gets through the uh, the jumping spider um, all the way through to the razor beams. He's got a minute left at the razor beams uh, right into the twist and fly grabs the top of the cargo net. And uh, we're all good. He's uh, he's going to finish here. And he says uh, he says he was more nervous than ever because he put a lot of pressure on himself this year. But uh, he uh, has a very good performance. Yeah, with so much time left, I was surprised by how low he was in the overall finishers. He spent a lot of extra swings um, to get to to show off and grab that top uh, cargo net rope. So next up was Mike Murray, the 29 year old oil field manager, uh, and he got the uh, commercial run. Oh, I was going to say, did we skip people? Because I don't have notes on this. And it's because, again, watching on Hulu, can't watch the commercial run. Well, Mike Murray is going to be the very the first ever commercial run to complete the course. I've never heard of this person. Who is this? The oil oil field manager. <laughs> did he? That's, is there anything else about him that I'm supposed to know? Wait, wait, do you want me to remember these things? I don't know. I was just wondering if he was like a face that we would recognize. He was in, uh, let's see. Nope, that's Jake Murray. Mike Wright, Jake Murray. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mike Myers. Man, a lot of similar names here. Mike Murray, here we are. Uh, no, he was not in that episode. Oil field, oil field sales manager. Okay, does that mean he sells oil fields? Because that seems like a very niche profession. I think we had that exact same conversation <laughs> see this guy is gone from my brain he's not there see this is an appropriate person to give the commercial run to someone that we're like who well he managed to complete the course and uh we got uh, he, he was celebrating afterward there was slow motion replay afterward uh it was uh full, the whole thing how was the editing on the slow motion replay it was bad okay just making sure it, it, they did they did the entirety of the double dipper in slow motion and just like let it run out 
Okay, well, they had a long commercial break to fill. That's true. And then we had uh, another montage starting with Chris DeGangi. Uh Jesse was looking on in fear, and her fears came true as he went down on the double dipper. Yeah, but uh, Jesse finally beat him. Don't they always go out at the same spot? That's true. Yeah. And then we had RJ Roman, who's the guy in a metal band, looked like a rock star on stage one and completed the course. Yeah. Can you be a rock star if you're in a heavy metal band? Yeah. Okay, you don't have to be in a rock band to be a rock star? No. You'd you'd call you'd call metal metal people rock stars. Like who? What do you mean? Like who? Who's a metal person that's a rock star? RJ Roman. Oh, okay. Great example. I don't need any other examples. <laughs> I mean o- Ozzy Osbourne, uh, certainly. Okay, that's a good example. Yeah. He's in a metal band. What's his band? Black Sabbath. That that was his whole that's how he became famous. Yeah, no, I knew that he was in a band. I didn't know what it was called. Uh, I mostly know him from the reality show. Right. Osborne's. Um, so uh, then we had Zach Day. Uh, all day Zach Day also completed the course just in time. Very close. Yeah, he didn't have all day. <laughs> no. He almost ran out of time. Um, then we had Brett Sims. The 30-year-old wedding photographer. Uh, he's been running the course for a very long time, been competing, competing since season one. But tonight's run is special because there's a beard battle going on. Yes, because it's for the highest stakes of all. Facial hair. Mm. Uh, Akbar says uh, Brett's wife, Grace, is going to win either way because he's sure she wouldn't mind if he was forced to shave his beard. Rude. I bet that Brett's wife, Grace, has great taste and will be very sad to see the beard go. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, It's a great beard, especially because Brett's face does not seem like it could support that kind of beard. It's because it doesn't. But it seems like if I just saw him clean shaven, I would not think that he was capable of growing a beard like that. So it's impressive that he is. But that's that's like saying, I wouldn't think you were capable of growing your hair out that long. But it also doesn't look good when you do that. I like when people surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> and he does not look like someone who could grow a beard like that. So I think he should keep it just as, just as evidence that he can. <laughs> I mean, keep it when it's not a, not a bet. I think just in his life, he should have this beard. I, I think uh, in general, doing things to prove that you can do them is uh, <laughs> not not the best strategy in life. Every man looks better with a beard. Except for Brett Sims. Uh, no, he has an awkward grab Brett on the Sims. double dipper. He's going to miss with his left hand. Not going to be able to recover. And he goes down right at the dismount. Uh, 26 athletes have now fallen on the double dipper. Yeah, there's like a legend curse on the double dipper that if you're going to go out and you're like an American Ninja Warrior legend, it's like most likely on the double dipper. Mm. So then we get Ryan Stratus, 35 year old ninja coach. He does make it through the double dipper, which means Brett is going to lose the beard. Um, he lands awkwardly on the tire of Jeep Run and uh, ends up uh, he was swinging in the wrong direction. Uh, like basically the wheel that you're holding on to, it swings over and sort of makes you go a little side to side. When you're trying to swing over to the tire and he did not fully correct when he did his full dismount. And so he's going to end up going down here on Jeep Run. Yeah, if someone between the two of them had to shave their beard, I'm glad that Brett did lose because 
like Brett would have shaved that beard at some point anyway. Ryan always has a beard. So that would have been like more of a lifestyle change for him. And Ryan does look better with a beard. Whereas Brett does not. Do we know that? Have we seen Ryan without a beard? Yes. I mean, I know that because everyone looks better with a beard. He he uh, he was beardless in his first uh, few, I think, uh, runs. Oh, spooky. Yeah. Um, and so uh, they shave Brett right on the episode and he looks a lot better without the beard. Yeah. He looks uh, like 20 years younger and uh, uh, like 20 times less homeless. Um, looking younger is not a good thing when you're a man and you have a baby face. I don't think Brett wants to look 20 years younger. He looks 17. <laughs> That's fine. He's he's 30. Yeah, but you, you don't want to look 20 years younger when you're 30. Look, like, uh, should he be clean shaven? No, he should have some stubble. Yeah, you know, maybe like a, a small kind of like, uh, you know, decent decent sort of uh some shadow going on maybe um but uh you know just uh he's got he's got a nice face he's got he's got uh, nice sharp lines uh it's uh you know it's a good face I, how about just a mustache <laughs> look that there that could work for him if you're into hipster mustaches yeah who would be is. into that <laughs> Um, next up is Kenny Nimitalo, the 31 year old concrete worker. He is looking for a kidney for a little girl named Liza. This is, uh, this is pretty nice. This, uh, we get a package about Liza. Um, and, you know, uh, the fact that she needs this kidney, she is going to like die without it. Um, and they're trying to, trying to save her life. Yeah, because this was the guy who his own daughter, needed a kidney and someone who is just like a fan of the show gave it to her. So he knows like the power that the show's exposure can have. Um, lots of kidney donation uh, support on this season of American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. I noticed that they, uh, they, put, they put uh, Austin Gray and Kenny Nimitalo on different episodes. <laughs> yeah. They could have done like a kidney people montage. Uh, Austin Gray, I can't believe you gave your kidney away to somebody that wasn't Liza. <laughs> Do you think they fight? Probably. Uh, Kenny is going to barely get through the double dipper. He, uh, he lands awkwardly on his legs and then ends up uh, very slow through the jumping spider. Looks a bit shaken, uh, starting to run out of time at the warped wall. Only 45 seconds. Stumbles through the razor beams. Only 20 seconds at the twist and fly. And uh, he takes he's he comes so close. He takes one extra swing before the net. And I think that's what costs him. He ends up timing out at the top of the cargo net. Yeah, it's a heartbreaker. Yes. Especially after that package. But uh, but hopefully uh, someone pulls through for Liza. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, me being a huge hypocrite, it's not going to be me. Mm. Um, but I hope it's somebody. Hopefully somebody. <laughs> then we had Nicholas Coolridge. And it's like, wow, it's been a long time, Nicholas, even though you've been competing and making it to stage two for years. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. He's upgraded from a van, from living in his van to living in a garage. However, they do not explain whose garage it is. Mm. The, I, I really like this fake out. Uh, they were like, so when we met him, he was living out of his van. Now, cut to shots of like a nice looking house. Uh, and he's just hanging out in front of it. I'm like, oh, like he he moved up in life. He's bought a house. He's living. He's living fine. It's like, no, now 
I live in a garage. Uh, <laughs> okay. But whose garage is it? And why don't they let you just crash on their couch? He's very happy about his garage. Uh, he, he does everything in there. Yeah, he cooks. Uh, he doesn't shower in there because he has to shower outside. Does he live there with his girlfriend? I was confused. About He's this. got a girlfriend. She was there. I, I don't. He, I doubt he lives with her in the garage. Maybe it's his girlfriend's house, and he's <laughs> living in her garage. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would stand her forever if she was like, "Yeah, you can move in with me, but you have to live in my attached garage." Well, I think he was probably like. Hey, that's a really nice garage you got there. <laughs> yeah, I would uh, once again like to plug Nicholas Coolidge's Instagram because he and his girlfriend do some ridiculous acro yoga. Well, he's apparently very popular on there. Yeah, it's insane. I don't follow a whole lot of ninjas on Instagram, but uh, he's pretty good with that stuff. Yes, well, he uh, misses with his right hand on the double dipper, similar to what happened to Brett, but... Manages to grab on and get through the obstacle. Uh, and then uh, from there, it's pretty smooth sailing. Uh, Matt says, I think this is what he says, because I, I, I didn't quite understand it. Um, after he finishes Jeep Run, Matt says, uh, oh, that was a little Scooby-Doo right there. I think because he like had to run on the, the wheel. Yeah, like on Scooby-Doo and they run on the carpet. Right. Like, but it just like bunches yeah. up and they don't go anywhere. Yeah. I think that's that's good. That's a good guess. Yeah, it was it was a little a little strange, a little out of nowhere. I think it sounded like something that he wanted to say based on the like like looking at the obstacle. Like, oh, it's like somebody could run in it like Scooby Doo, and then like was like, all right, here's my moment. Yeah, the mystery machine is not a van. I mean, <laughs> sorry, a jeep. <laughs> The mystery machine is not a Jeep. How do you know? It is a van. How do you know? Maybe it was manufactured because, by the Jeep company. No, because it's a Volkswagen. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's how I know. I didn't realize Volkswagen was a sponsor of Scooby-Doo. It's not. I mean, I'm sure they don't specifically say it's a Volkswagen, but like, that's what it is. Well, like, how do you know? If they didn't say... <laughs> Because the way that a Jeep just like is like your image of a Jeep, like they have that branding, like that mystery machine just like is what a Volkswagen looks like. All right. All right. <laughs> well, we'll see if there's any car the experts. Makes, I don't think the Jeep's Jeep makes vans that look like the mystery machine. Well, if they don't, they should get on that. <laughs> so that they can have a double sponsorship on this obstacle. Yeah. Uh, they're a little concerned that Nicholas might have hurt his leg uh, having to uh, make that awkward landing on Jeep Run. But uh, he uh, he seems fine. He gets through the razor beams and has a he's a he's a bad jump on the uh, the twist and fly. Um, and then another bad transfer to the cargo net for whatever reason, despite being an acrobat, he seems to have trouble with the uh, the acrobat portion of the course. Um, <laughs> with the acrobatics. But he does manage to climb up quickly uh, and complete the course yeah with eight seconds left yes next we had another montage starting with jonathan stevens who completed the course and has now hit three buzzers then we had josh salinas who's got the red and black going like tiger woods says akbar why are tiger woods's colors not orange and black i have no idea i don't know that what seems tiger like woods an wears uh, that seems like an extreme missed opportunity. Well, Akbar, he's a big fan of the the, the red and black. He's uh, he uh, after he finished. Oh, he's so fresh. 
I would associate Red and Black more with like the Rolling Stones, I guess. The Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, they have a <laughs> song called Paint It Black where they see a red wall and they want to paint it black. <laughs> Why are you laughing? This was good logic. It's terrible logic. <laughs> That's what I associate with it more than Tiger Woods or maybe like, I don't know, Harley Quinn or something. That makes sense. At okay. least. <laughs> How does the Rolling Stones not make sense? Their logo also have a is song painted black. Yeah, about a red wall. <laughs> the point is that it's a combination of the two, not one or the other. OK, well, painting requires that some of the wall would be red and some <laughs> and would some be black. <laughs> for a brief period in time, there was a combination. Now, this is very rare in the history of the world, so you really have to look for it. There's a brief period of time where when you're painting the red wall black, that both colors are there, and so it really just stood out to me as the one example where red and black could be used together. Uh, why do you do this to me? <laughs> Well, what do you associate red and black with? That's so much better. <laughs> now it's Josh Salinas and Tiger Woods. The Rolling Stones logo also is red, and I it's often on a black background. <laughs> the lips of the tongue. <laughs> yeah, well, look. Okay, so any red logo that may be put on a black background could also be red and black. Yeah, but that's the most notable one. <laughs> Oh, my. All right. Well, finally, we had Brittany Hanks, who is coming back from a knee injury and is not able to get enough bounce for the propeller bar. Yeah, I don't really remember her. That's unfortunate. <laughs> then we had Megan Martin, the 28 year old pro rock climber. She has timed out three times on stage one, uh, twice on the warped wall, once just after the warped wall. Um, and uh, she does trip up on the archer steps, but manages to get through. Uh, and she seems very determined to get through these obstacles very quickly. Um, she's not hesitating. She's doing pretty well. Uh, she takes on the double dipper. And uh, as she's doing it, Akbar yells, power. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she does have that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was really sure that this was going to be one of those things where the whole package, like James McGrath, is about like, this thing is the thing that always takes me out, like timing out. So and then we were just going to have that again. But this was worse. Yeah, uh, this is worse because uh, she does manage to get through the double dipper. It's a little bit rough, but she gets through it. Um, there was a lower third uh, here. And I think they pop it up right before the jumping spider where they say, uh, first woman to make it uh, through uh, the jumping spider. <laughs> Which, first of all, she wasn't, yeah. but also... Uh, she wasn't? No, Lucy. Lucy Romberg was the first oh. woman in Japan to make it, uh, to, to complete the jumping spider. Okay, but you know that they don't count that. Yes, but still. Um, uh, first American Lucy Ninja Warrior. Lucy has competed on American Ninja Warrior. Um, so, uh, so they, they pop up that lower third, and then it's so, it, it like gives you this extra confidence of like, well, of course she'll make that one. Uh, but unfortunately, when she uh, sticks into the jumping spider uh she is just not quite deep enough and she's gonna slip right back out yeah this is just a huge bummer i mean this was our literal last hope at a woman making it and it's also happens to be my favorite contestant so this was uh, a lot to take yes so there we go megan martin the last hope for a female stage one finisher goes down we then get another montage starting with drew knopp 
who's he's having his second time in Vegas. He completes the course with one of the fastest times. Thomas Stilling, who slips up on the jumping spider, but does manage to get through and complete the course. It's his fourth straight stage one finish. Um, and then Hunter Gerard, the, the Lizard King, who stumbles on the razor beams, but does complete the course. Yes, Lizard King. Yes. And he doesn't make Matt Nockbar eat any lizards. Nope. Then we get Drew Dreschel. The 29-year-old Ninja Gym owner. Uh, once again, I was like, why is he not last? I don't like that. But then I remembered Jake Murray was coming up, and I was like, they love Jake Murray. Okay, we're probably fine. Uh, yeah, and also, you didn't have to be nervous during Drew's run for very long because they did the thing on, like, the third obstacle where there's like, here's the fastest time, right. and here's Drew's time, so you know he's going to finish. Uh, but the, his package is all about, like, uh, if anyone's a sure thing, it's Drew Dreschel. He's never fallen on stage one, but... Look at how many people have failed. Joe Morofsky, all of these other people, David Campbell, uh, you know, like so many people have fallen. Um, and so it's like, all right, well, hopefully we'll be good. Yeah. If Drew didn't make it, the season would be lost. Yes. Uh, and of course, he is so smooth uh, to the double dipper. He gets right through it, uh, slips a little bit on the jumping spider uh, because of traction issues. But uh, despite that, he gets through very quickly, very fast. Uh, he just reaches right over on Jeep Run, of course. Uh, he's got over a minute and 30 left by the time he gets to the warped wall. Uh, and when he gets to the razor beams, Akbar says, for years he's been playing with the house's money, and he's still going. Yeah, I don't really get that. No, me either. <laughs> but we're in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, poker manages to complete the course with 48 seconds remaining fastest time by eight seconds uh I, I at this point I was this guy saves the show like uh without Drew Dreschel what would this show be like seriously this whole set like he sets the standard uh, like uh if if we didn't see Drew's run like what would this two-part stage one have been I, I don't know not as good yeah I mean I'm sure people have other favorites. I'm sure people like Najee and well, yeah, but others, like, but, but even the people, even uh, even you know Jake, who who is going to end up doing this slightly faster, it's just, it's not the same. Like there's a yeah. there's a grace with which Drew competes on the course that uh, that is unmatched, and it's just it's so nice to watch somebody who like uh, is not gonna fail and does does really well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, especially because we lose Joe here. Like, we we need Drew exactly. in stage two. Exactly. Um, so uh, he says uh, he has experience with water obstacles. So he's looking forward to uh, the water obstacles. What does that obstacle. mean? Do they have it in Sasuke? Is that what it is? Yes, they do. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm assuming that's what he's talking about because he probably trained for that. Uh, yeah. But uh, his everyday life. <laughs> but like, it's just the fact that they showed this, I was just like... Just wait. He's going to go out on the water obstacle on stage two. No, no, no. They don't expect people to remember from stuff that remember stuff that was said a week ago. <laughs> All right. That's not part of the next episode's edit. It doesn't count. All right. Uh, we then get Jake Murray, the 31 year old. He's uh, he's got Grant McCartney as his caddy as he scopes out the course. 
Yeah, since when are they allowed to do comedy sketches? This is way too much time on this. Also, is this really a comedy sketch? Like, was it? I don't like. I, I feel like there's a really low bar for comedy uh, as an athlete on American Jewelry, where it's like, oh, we're dressed up as golf players, and oh, look, these shoes. No, these shoes. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it was funny. Yeah. I'm just saying it was an attempt at a comedy sketch. Uh, he looks a little shaky on the double dipper, but managed to get through. And the rest of the course is pretty smooth sailing. Uh, about the same pace as Drew. Um, but uh, he's going to manage to beat Drew's time by two tenths of a second uh, before jumping into the water. Yeah. Because he's Jake Murray and he's wacky. Wacky Jake Murray. Uh, never going to take it seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's, that's a fine conclusion to stage one. So uh, we have 30 finishers exactly, which is very strange. Weird. Because uh, that's the number that they take to city finals. Right. Spooky. Uh, the finishers are in order. Jake Murray. Drew Dreschel, Matisse the Kid Awadi, Daniel Gill, Austin Gray, Drew Knopp, Adam Rail, Josh Salinas, Tyler Gillette, Najee Richardson, RJ Roman, Ethan Swanson, Carson Voiles, Sean Bryan, John, John, Josh Levin, Hunter Gerard, Eric Middleton, Lucas Reale, Mike Myers, Thomas Stellings, Brian Burkhardt, Angel Rodriguez, Jonathan Stevens, Chris Wolcheski, Dan Polizzi, Nicholas Coolridge, Jamie Ron, Mike Murray, Zach Day, and Casey Suhaki. Yes. Um, so someone suggested on Twitter that we do a really quick draft. Just we just pick five people for who we think is going to get the money this year. And I like that idea. All right. What happens, if, what happens if neither of us are right? I think that that's... Uh, kind of unlikely because I don't think it's going to be a person who's been like invisible this whole time. It's not like, I don't know, maybe. Well, if neither of us are right, then neither of us win. Or just whoever goes the furthest to fastest on either of our teams wins okay. the draft. Um, I also don't even have everybody's name written down. I have 23 names written down somehow. I just must have missed like a full page of, or two pages of finishers here. No, but I think I have everybody one that one and a half draft. pages, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, one and two fifths pages. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm missing seven people, but I guess they're not getting drafted because it's not worth figuring out who they are. Um, all right. You can go first. I don't care. Uh, all right. I, I, all right. Uh, I, I would uh, I would take Drew. OK. Uh, yeah, that's got to be the first overall pick. Uh, I'll, I'll take the kid. You've sold me on, uh, <laughs> on him winning. All right. I'd go with Najee then. OK. Um, I am going to take. Chris Wolcheski. Mm. Uh, I'll go with uh, with Daniel Gill. Okay, strong pick. I'll take Jamie Ron. Okay. Um, I might go. Uh, I might go Adam Rail. That's a good pick. Yeah. I wonder who I'm missing that doesn't have a chance of getting drafted. Um, <laughs> I'll take Jake Murray. Okay. Uh, and uh, you know what? I I guess. Nothing wrong with going with uh, with history. I'll go Sean Bryan. Okay. I think Sean Bryan has just been too invisible. It's true. Uh, this time. Was that your last pick? I think so. Okay. Um, and I'll go... I want to take Josh Levin, but he's just been completely... Was, I would have I picked Josh Levin, but they haven't shown him at all. So Yeah, he's just been totally not present. Um, so 
I'll take Ethan Swanson. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, I think I only have four people written down for you. I did a terrible job <laughs> of keeping track of this. So, you have you have Drew, Drew Dushel, Najee, Daniel Gill, Daniel, uh, Adam, and Sean. Adam and Sean. Yes. Okay. Sean, Najee, Adam, Drew, Daniel. Yes. Is Team Taryn. And Team Lita is Jake Murray, Matisse the Kid Owadi, um, Ethan Swanson, Chris Wolcheski, and Jamie Ron. All right. I feel okay, pretty good. So, yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, so let us know on Twitter who has the better team. Yes. I mean, Taryn has Drew, so really, really nothing we could do about that. Let, it, let us know on Twitter about my better team. <laughs> I mean, listen, I think we were both going to take Drew overall, uh, number one, but uh, you'll see when your prediction comes true <laughs> yeah. about the kid, I'm not going to be thrilled about it. I don't really like love the people on my team <laughs> that much. Except wow. For, <laughs> I mean, you have you have more of like my faves. Like, I love Adam Rail. I love Drew, obviously. Um, but. I don't know. I'm all in on Chris Wolcheski this time. This yeah, season. I just they 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 montaged him, which really uh, just worries me. After after two full packages, yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else we need to to go over here? Uh, no. Stage two next week. Only two more episodes of the season, right? One more episode. Or one more episode. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's so sad. Yeah, we're gonna get uh, stage two and stage three, and uh, who knows? Probably not stage four. Well, this is the episode to not look at how much time you have left on the episode. Yeah. Just remind everybody every year. Like, just don't just try to get immersed in it. It's so long. You'll forget. Like, are there 20 minutes left? Is there one minute left? Just don't look. Well, what they need to do is just like let it run over if if there's a stage, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just uh, don't try and fit it into two hours. It's make it an event. You know, they made headlines all over the place the last time there was a finisher. So, uh, you know, if if people actually do make it really far and make it to stage four, they just let it surprise people and uh, go over the time. Yeah. What is on at 10 o'clock on NBC? Probably like that week that we can't go over yeah, probably like nightly news or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe football or something. I doubt football. It's... <laughs> yeah. Well, football's been ruining uh, Big Brother. It's true. Um, trying to uh, to find the listings here. You get to see what's actually on after American Ninja Warrior on Mondays. Yeah. <laughs> All right. American Ninja Warrior, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Afterward is uh, America's Got Talent. Okay, but it can't be a new episode. America's Got Talent, I believe, is on Tuesdays. Yes, it does not say new. Wait, America's Got Talent is NBC? Why did I think it was ABC? I don't know. Huh, interesting. Maybe it's syndicated. No, it can't be. No, it can't be. Don't, don't tweet me on Twitter to correct that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We will be back next week for the finale of season 10 of American Ninja Warrior where we will crown a winner between me and Lita and crown a winner of American Ninja Warrior season 10 and it'll be fun yeah uh, time really flies when I miss three weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> season felt really short um, yeah also uh, the So You Think You Can Dance finale was last night I think I haven't watched it yet uh, so I don't know who wins but uh, we will be recording a finale recap me and Kelly um, this is a really quick season um, and also Big Brother updates 
There you I'm go. on those. Yes, check out the Big Brother coverage and everything going on with the rest of RHAP, of course. Uh, but you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Armstrong Taran. Lita is at Lita Tweeted. You can follow her on Instagram at Lita Grammed. And uh, I think that's all we got for you. So thank you for joining us. Uh, happy birthday, Beyonce. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. I've got a question to ask. Do you want to be